Welcome everybody to another episode of the Wondering Christians podcast. With this coronavirus, there's uh, like pandemic, there's I guess an issue of civil disobedience in going to church, for example. The Bible commands us to go to church and let's say maybe the government doesn't allow us to go to, to meet in the temple or go to church. Should we have a right for civil disobedience there what's your perspective on civil christian civil disobedience well in general or in regards to going to church in in general and in regards to going to church good question define civil disobedience okay so civil disobedience uh and that's a good that's a good question (laughs) google Uh, quick (laughs) no 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 civil disobedience so from I guess it's a, it's an interesting phrase, civil disobedience. I guess civil, I'm not sure what it should mean, but I guess it can mean two words. So it can mean, for me, it would be definitely civilian disobedience, okay? So from civilians. But it also would be like a civilized <laughs> uh, disobedience. And disobedience just means to, to not do what you're told, basically. So you have the government, which is the authority, and they have, let's say, emergency powers which means they can do a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of new powers that they didn't have. And they force us to stay in our homes. For example, where I live, from one o'clock every Saturday and Sunday, every uh, one o'clock p.m., we're forced forced to stay inside except to... No, no, I think we're actually just forced to stay inside. Civil disobedience would be walking outside, disobeying, but not doing it in a way that creates chaos. So not starting fights, not not even protesting necessarily, not even going outside with a sign, definitely not hurting anyone, but it's doing what you would do in the most civilized or pacifistic uh, way possible. Okay, so here's my answer. My answer is it depends, and it depends on the Bible. If what the government is doing counteracts the scripture or counteracts the access to the word of God and the access of salvation, then... Yes, I think civil disobedience within proportion is legal. It's 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 legitimate. It's it's acceptable. Uh, for for example, if the government was to ban the Bible tomorrow and have it as contraband, then it would be an act of civil obedience to have or to possess a Bible, and that is acceptable. That is an acceptable. People, Christians do that all the time with Bible smuggling especially within Islamic countries who, you know, and they risk their lives to deliver those Bibles to believers who so often have to hide it for their own safety. There are other cases as well. Um, If they're permanently closing down churches and specifically churches, then yes, I also think civil disobedience is acceptable. However, I think we've got to be conscious and we've got to be careful upon, you know, the the reasons for dis- for for civil disobedience. So you said uh, if they permanently close down churches, why did you add that um, if they permanently? Okay, so for example, in this coronavirus state of affairs, they didn't just shut down churches, they shut down gyms, they shut down pubs, they shut down the whole lot. Regarding the technology that we now possess, we can, in effect, although it is, I admit it isn't the same, can hold services online. And we also know that eventually churches will open again. They're open again now, just with 30 people limits and face masks and all that jazz. However, if they were, this, I mean, if they were to specifically target the churches and it was permanent, you know, with a desire to cripple the churches, to cripple Christianity, then uh, that, that, that's really what I mean by permanent. 
so there's a question also um, of what Christians can do and what Christians should do. I think all around the world, most churches, when the coronavirus first hit with the Western world in March, or first hit like in strength in March, I think most clo- most churches closed down. Uh, they were asked to close down and most closer, most churches closed down and they didn't even appeal to disobeying. They could. I think in, in, in my way of thinking, uh, they could uh, disobey. It would be biblical to disobey because, you know, meeting together, even evangelizing on the streets and stuff or or helping the poor, you're not able to do that if you're stuck in your house. So we could disobey, but I think it's prudent also to make the right decision. And in this case, you know, it was promised to us or it was said that it was just going to be a temporary thing and it, and it is just a temporary thing. And I think the churches did the right thing and closed down for their, you know, not their in-person meetings because I guess I guess as Christians we don't always have to always try and fight for our rights if they're not under attack uh, we can be understanding and if the society is in a bad situation because of some flu or whatever let's say we're going back to World War II and the UK is being or England's being bombed by Germany and everyone's turning off their lights right I'm not going to be the guy saying, oh, no, I need to turn on my light so so that I can read my Bible. And, you know, the Bible gives me this uh, privilege to read the Bible. So I don't care what you say. No, we have to, you know, we have to be prudent and think about it. Do you agree? I agree with that. Yeah, I think the method of civil disobedience over here was um, really amongst the Roman Catholics because the Roman Catholics can't have mass for themselves, can they? They have to have the um, vicar to give it to them and so that caused a bit of a hoo-ha but the catholic church was just <laughs> around and said now nah, you'll be fine <laughs> so, okay so mass doesn't actually mean what you're saying it to me but yeah okay. yeah 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 i saw this meme of like uh the pope with martin luther's hat photoshopped on top and some of the priest just looking like a reform reformation guy there was a news post saying uh, the Pope says you can take your problems up with God directly so that you don't have to go to church. And it was like uh, them saying, well, I can't believe no one thought of this before. <laughs> but we have been saying it for a long time. Uh, but anyways, okay. And then you also touched on another thing, which is if everyone else is under the same restrictions, we're not being unfairly uh, put to a disadvantage as Christians or religious people. And this is what happened in um, New York. There was just a few weeks ago a Supreme Court ruling where they said that they can open up churches because other places are being opened up or are already open. So you, so the governor or the mayor or whatever, they can't discriminate against religions. So they didn't even necessarily say that relig- like churches can open no matter what. They just said that they can't discriminate. Okay, so just giving a quick uh, historical perspective on this as well. This was the attitude of the early church. Um, they definitely t- disobeyed a lot. They didn't fight back though. The Roman Empire and the Jews would persecute them and go after them and try to kill them or hurt them or put them in prison. And they would run away and hide. And if you were a Christian, you know, you can 
how to have a Bible. And I guess you couldn't even be a Christian. And that's definitely against, against God's word. You know, God's, God does tell us to be Christians. So there is definitely a precedent, and it's in the Bible as well, that we can disobey, but with this mindset of a peaceful and civil disobedience. Now, Peter... I wanted to ask you, is there ever a time that we can disobey in a non-peaceful and civil manner? Be it protest, riot, obviously not loot, but riot, and even fight a war, civil war over something. I can tell you were looking forward to ask that question, the way your voice just leapt with uh, <laughs> enthusiasm there. But you said my name. Yeah, I finally um, got to one. I wanted to ask you. <laughs> um, so I asked this. Why do I ask this? So now there are a lot of people, if it's Brian or not, there are a lot of people asking the question over in the United States about separating their countries or fighting another civil war so it's, it's a practical question as well so what is your opinion on that okay so i want to attack this question from a few angles the first one is that of as, as you were saying earlier the american constitution states that you know the right to they have to bear arms are god-given rights and it was off these ideas that they fought against the British or at least it was one of you know it, it was one of the main reasons they fought against the British if we fast forward to the modern period mm-hmm. just today in fact the Islamic group Boko Haram attacked a school in Nigeria and stole hundreds of children I don't know whether these children were Christian or not I presume so they've at least done it in the past and so is it therefore unfair that these people these Christians who are being attacked defend themselves against or or do they allow them and their families and their mm. loved ones to be subjugated under I presume what would be what would be Sharia law to people who are not interested in talking or debating they'll just come with a gun and shoot you and if the whole of the christian world did that it's opening yourself up and so i think we are entering the realm of Mm -hmm. the idea of just war of what has to happen to make war just another perspective that i want to attack it from as well is of course from a biblical perspective where in the scriptures Mm -hmm. does it state that it is wrong it is downright wrong to kill in any circumstance. So there are the few points that I am taking this question from. And I think my answer to that from this short reflection is one of, again, it depends on the scenario. I am, I believe I am at least a believer of the just war. However, what makes war just? That is the question. Right. And I think it needs to reflect again upon um, biblically. But in, in regards to, um, to to answer the other side of the question, mm-hmm. uh, is it right to riot? When you say riot, I presume violently, like they've done in Portland and so on. Um, yeah. No, that's wrong. Yeah. I cannot see a point why you would yeah. need to do that because you are destroying people's property of probably nothing to do with it. That's also terrible for images as well. Going back to the idea of just war, can you imagine if... All of all of Christ's end on were was pacifist, and then yeah. uh, the Caliph Mohammed II of the Ottoman Empire just steamed through Constantinople, and then he and just kept on going. He could have just gone. He, we wouldn't be probably speaking within the Latin dialect. No, no, we wouldn't. 
Okay, so you touched on so like a, a lot of things, and it's true. There's so many components to, to the question I asked you. Um, I agree with you on the rioting, so destroying property, looting. Those are like literally not up for debate. They're not Christian uh, character traits or things that we should do ever. Just giving like a silly example, Robin Hood. He stole from the rich and gave to the poor. I still think that's that's wrong anyway. Did you want to talk about what I just said? I was actually just going to refer to another part of the question, I think. Um, you, you mentioned writing, and I think you mentioned demonstrating. I think demonstrating is okay, again, if it's the right reason. Yeah, I think protesting is okay, because you're not doing anything not illegal. You're not doing If it's illegal, then that's another question, but you're not doing anything illegal, um, and it's welcomed in... Our Western societies. So before we move on, I wanted to read a verse to use to define our opinions. So Romans 13, 1. So Romans 13, 1. I'm reading it from the English Standard Version. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed. And those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive approval. For he, he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of you, you also pay taxes, for the authorities are ministers of God, attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honour to whom honour is owed. That's a powerful passage. Uh, we can uh, guide our beliefs uh, by this passage. It's probably the, the most important passage that speaks about this in the Bible. And for context, Paul is writing this whilst Nero is emperor. So Nero is cutting down Christians um, and sticking them on poles dead and burning them and sending them and saying that they're torches. And Paul is saying that God appoints authorities. Well, in this version, it says authorities. I think in the King James, it says kings. I don't know, but authorities. Okay, so having that in mind, going back to the issues you raised, when is it okay for war? I don't want to go into the whole topic of pacifism and things like that. For civil war, for secession, and we have a couple of examples of this in throughout history. The last 200 years, we've got the American Revolution, We've got the French Revolution, we've got the Russian Revolution with the communists, and we have the English civil wars as well. Uh, those are all examples. When is it okay to wage a civil war? I think you touched on a point which is very important to this whole question, which is uh, self-defense, right? Do you believe that a Christian can kill in self-defense? Yes. So the commandment is, you shall not murder. However, killing in self-defense is not murder. Okay, that's what I meant to say. Think, th yeah, yeah, yeah. The commandment is, you shall not murder, which is specific, it's a specific type of killing. It's killing someone unjustly. And in self-defense, that wouldn't be considered murder. So I think a lot of Christians will say, 
if your country's being invaded, it's okay to defend your country. Okay? Your 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 country. Your government, your people, whatever. However, we're talking about civil disobedience, well, disobedience and fighting a war, a civil war. How can you, Peter, how can you relate self-defense in the case of civil war, yet respecting authority as it's written in Romans 13? So when we look at the Christians from the apostolic period and the uh, patristic period from... Um, before the Roman Empire was considered Christian up until it was under Constantine. Christians did not go out and seek to kill Roman soldiers, nor did they seek to kill the Roman emperor. I believe in Romans, in regards to the law, I hope it's Romans anyway, is that the law is there not simply to be acknowledged, but to be followed. And the law yep. is evident within all of our hearts. A idea of what is right or wrong is within all of us, whether that be the Jew or the Gentile. And uh, it says in Romans 2.12, all who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Mm -hmm. Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts sometimes accusing them and at other times, even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges people's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. Amen. So, sorry, I think I was slightly wrong in saying that perhaps the law is self-evident upon all of our hearts of a nature of right or wrong. In fact, here it is saying that there are Gentiles who don't have the law, but by nature do things that are required by the law, and thus they are a law unto themselves. Um, but anyway, going, trying to swerve back off of this and onto the question. Um, as, as I was saying, Christians did not go out to kill Romans, nor did they go out to kill the Roman emperor and such. But they went to spread the good news of Jesus Christ amongst the nations and that some did not understand, some were scared and some uh, outright rejected it. And that led to persecution. However, I think... What Jesus says in the cross is fantastic in explaining this more. That this approach is, they said, um, "Oh Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And I think I, I do think this is the case throughout all of humanity in general. And I think the persecutions of the Christians was partly a result of them, you know, the emperor not necessarily knowing what he did or something along the lines. Of, I think I'm, answer, I'm answering this in a not very satisfactory context. However, Paul states something along the lines of, "Should we do evil that good may come?" No, of course we shouldn't. And when we do wrong. People see that wrong. And so often people respond to evil with yet more evil and just goes downhill from there. Regarding war within itself, I think killing on an individual civilian societal level carries a different weight to that of war and killing on a state and governance level. For example, a man going out 
and killing his fellow Roman, that is wrong. Yeah. However, defending against the Persian advance, the Byzantines defending against the Persian advance, that could be declared as right and just. Yeah, because that war wouldn't fall under the Romans 13. You're, you are following your authorities by going to war against the Ottomans. But within a country, a civil war, what would your opinion on the English Civil War or on the American Revolutionary War or on the American Civil War, what would your opinions on that be? Because those were Christians that waged those wars. Um, the Civil War was uh, uh, Oliver Cromwell and you know he was Protestant, he was a Christian, he was uh, pretty well, um, he had good foundations in Christianity and his, I know that his, my favourite the- theologian was a good friend of his, John Owen, and they believed they were doing the right thing. The Americans fighting for their independence, they thought they were doing the right thing because they weren't being represented in the English parliament. And the Americans fighting the civil war also believed they were doing the right thing. The guys in the north, one of their songs was, I think it's called The March of the Republic. As God died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. And that was in the context of... Uh, you know, freeing the slaves as well. So they thought they were fighting uh, for good. And a lot of good came from each of those three civil wars. So what's your opinion on them? Is there ever a time for a civil war? Were the Americans wrong in waging the Revolutionary War? Or were the, was Oliver Cromwell wrong um, in killing the king? What do you think? I'll have to think on that, to be honest. Um I think one of the questions can be, could these civil wars have been avoided, but also have the same um, like end result, the, the same desired result? Yeah, that's a very good question. The answer to that, I know, in the English Civil War, as well as the American Civil War, and yeah, probably the Revolutionary War as well for America, um, the answer to that is the Americans wouldn't have had their taxes lowered. In fact, they were quite... They were, in fact, being exploited by the monarchy, by Parliament. The English crown in the English for the English Civil War was hoping to cling on to too much power. And then in the American Civil War, um, I don't recall. Mm-hmm. There you go. But I think those are the questions that need to be looked at. But, you know, you've also got to consider the power of hindsight as well. What might mm-hmm. seem obvious to, to us today possibly was not obvious at all. In fact, was possibly completely obscure to them back then. That, that's super important. Whenever we're facing, we're talking about history, everything's so clear from our illuminated uh, high ground, <laughs> but um, uh, and from knowing all a lot of the things. But actually, living in that situation, it's probably very different. I'm not. I don't know too much about the English Civil War. I think I know a bit about it. I think they also had a problem with the king, kind of turning everything a bit more catholic i think he was, he was marrying some catholic woman or queen or princess or something and, and they were probably looking at their country all they they had to go through through the reformation for them to be able to be protestants and you know not be hunted down they were probably looking at them losing some of that power and the americans they weren't americans then they were just colonials english people that just moved over the ocean to the new land and they were seeing their you know their 
the people back home, make, making them not live a free life. And they, they probably moved there to be free, yet they, they weren't being able to do that. Yeah. And, and, and there were massacres. There were British soldiers that massac- that killed civilians before all that, those wars. So they, they probably looked at their friends, knowing that their friends died, and they just couldn't see a situation where war could be um, avoided. And then I think those situations, they, they did try at least those three situations well at least i don't know about the american civil war but those first two situations they i think they both of them tried uh in the english civil war and the revolutionary war in america i think erasmus once said a quote along the lines of war is sweet to the one who has not tasted it i don't know that was erasmus but i've, I've definitely read that quote off a Rome Total War game, I think, or something like that. I'm not sure if that's where you got it from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so now finally, putting these last this last issue that I raised about civil war in into the paradigm of Romans 13, I think the best way to answer this, and this is where the debate boils down to, is who has the authority? So supposedly in the English Civil War, the king was doing something that he shouldn't be doing. He didn't have the power to do, but he did anyway. He just controlled the army or whatever, and he did it anyway. So the argument goes that Oliver Cromwell was defending the constitution or the you know the law, the real law of their country, and he had to defend his country by uh, destroying what was perceived to be the authority. So I'm not sure who's the authority in the country. Is it the the parliament or is it the constitution and it should be the constitution right and in the american revolution war supposedly england was going against their constitution by using parliament to tax the colonies because the colonies had their own parliaments which had their own taxes and supposedly i don't think i'm not i'm not sure if it's true but supposedly england was going against their own constitution by doing that uh it wasn't supposed to be the english parliament they supposedly what, didn't what, have any jurisdiction constitution Non written. It would be the Magna Carta. Yeah, well, kind of. I think that's like the earliest part of it. All the all the unwritten constitution that we make up as we go along. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, the Bill of Rights. (laughs) Have you seen your Bill of Rights? I have not read it. There's the English Bill of Rights from 1986. Uh, 1986, I think. That there's the Bill of Rights, which which also guarantees Protestants to have weapons, not Catholics, obviously, but it guarantees Protestants to have weapons. Um, But that's been done away with anyway. So at that time, though, they were going against their unwritten uh, constitution. But it wasn't really unwritten. Nowadays, it's more unwritten. I think at that time, it was more written. They had the Bill of Rights, which was done uh, 100 years before the American Civil War. But I'm not sure on on the history of that. I read countering arguments. I heard one guy say, uh, not just a random guy, a theologian, uh, historian, uh, say that um, the English parliament didn't have jurisdiction over the colonies. But then I also read that they actually did because of the civil war. The parliament was now authority over everyone. So I'm not sure. Anyways, my point is Romans 13 only talks about authority right 
And in our countries, if if we have to disobey someday, we make we have to make sure that we're that we're not disobeying the authority. And if somehow they change the constitutions to say uh, free speech doesn't exist and all those things, then yeah, I guess we don't have free speech and we shouldn't rebel against that uh, in a in a fight. Yet, if the, their own if the own country goes rogue and tyrannical and goes against their own constitution. I believe that it's our right to rise up against this imposed authority and defend the actual authority, which would be the constitution and the laws of the country. Do you agree? In regards to something like free speech, don't think we should kind of like kill people, but I think the continuation of free speech among Christian circles should definitely be it. Yeah. I think if free speech gets limited, then one of the first things that gets hit is the church. And so essentially you've put the church to some extent underground but no don't i wouldn't argue going for a war over it yeah the argument is is not that if they take away free speech is if they take it away illegally right um or anything else so so why am why am i talking about this i've i've talked to a lot of americans and they're not content with what's happening in their country right now and some of them believe that the, their constitution is being ripped up. So now the, the talk is of civil disobedience, not caring about what the, the federal government says. And they also talk, talk about civil war, um, having to fight the civil war. The Crime Commission of the United Kingdom, after the, I think it was after the teacher Samuel Patty got decapitated um, the crime commission recommended to the government making it illegal to produce cartoons of Muhammad mm. <laughs> okay. talk about free speech mm. um, I, I'm at the point now where I'd actually argue we don't have free speech in this country okay. no I wouldn't say so be, surely because of all the sayings of phobias and cancel culture and so on Yeah. if I became dictator of the United Kingdom <laughs> I'd be ripping up and rewriting a lot of hate speech laws, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Again, because I think it's stupid. You should t- People should be able to, t- if they have the truth, they should be able to defend it. Yeah, yeah. So firstly, we talked about the, st- the separation between church and state and the Christian's relationship with the government. And I think we reached the conclusion that separation between church and state is good. It's generally good. I think you agreed. There seems to be some situations, and I guess I only know of one, which is the one in England, where it can be feasible that it's, you know, it hasn't been separated ever and it's worked okay. So it can be good, but it's mostly, it's bad as well, but it's it's mostly dangerous. It can definitely be used for evil against the church and against the people if the, the religion is tyrannical. We also talked about how separation of church and state is, it's, it's a legal uh, framework. So when we talk about it, we're talking about, for example, it, there's no religious tribunal, but it's not a person's uh, personal philosophy or theology. A person should be allowed to have whatever theology they want and still go into government and have their own ideas as, as long as they're voted in, right? And then we moved on to a big topic of Christian uh, civil disobedience, disobedience, not obeying what the, the government says in a peaceful way, but we ended up talking about as well, uh, not obeying, but also having to fight against the government or people. And the conclusion we reached on those topics is uh, we're allowed to disobey 
if what the government is asking, asking us to do or not to do is against God's word. And on the question of fighting, I think, can we agree that we're fighting not against the authority, be it the constitution or the president or the king? If we're under some tyrannical regime, let's say Hitler or Nero, we would still have to disobey when, it, when they were against the Bible, but pay taxes and not start a war. We could only start a war if we're defending the authorities in self-defense. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of The Wondering Christians. We hope you have a good day and we will see you on the next episode sometime in the future. Cheerio.